0: Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. Message number six of Rest Assured series. And we've been talking about how God promises us a land in the spiritual realm of peace and joy. And it's the promised land of rest, which is not... Dependent on circumstances It's not dependent on everything Going right for us It's dependent upon him And his promises And thank God it's not even dependent upon us Doing everything right Or saying everything right Or having right and perfect relationships Um, There's the ups and downs of life And it's not even dependent upon that It's dependent on, on one thing and that is that we believe God. That's the requirement. The requirement to enter into God's promised land of rest is to believe. And what God has been speaking to my heart in the last couple of days is a scripture that has to do with believing. Only I never associated it with believing before. And it's Matthew 11, 12. And that scripture says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And what God has been saying to me and my heart over and over and over and over is that if you want to enter into the promised land of rest and peace on this earth, which is what we've been talking about, you know there is an eternal promised land that we are promised in that heaven. And we receive that by asking Jesus to come into our heart, believing that he is God's son, and asking him through his sacrifice on the cross to forgive us. We receive that free gift of salvation. And that's the eternal promised land. But there is one that has been promised on this earth. And the book of Hebrews says that we can fall short of it. In other words, we can live this life and be on our way to heaven, but never, ever, ever experience the peace and joy that God offers us. Jesus says in John 10.10 that he came that we might have life and life abundance. And yet very few people enter in. Very few. And so what I've seen is that the requirement for entering into God's promised land of peace and joy is belief. But that believing is not a passive state. It's a forceful, active state. And I never understood Matthew eleven twelve 12 until yesterday. Maybe you did, but I didn't. And from the days of John the Baptist, Jesus says, until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. That word violent in the Greek means forceful. And what Jesus is saying is from the days of John the Baptist, from way back when, when I was on my way, and John was proclaiming, The Messiah has come. From those days until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. But you know the people that are going to enter into God's promised land of rest and peace, the people that are going to inherit the promises of God, are the forceful. The people who refuse to quit believing. The forceful. And what God has been speaking to me over the last few days is you cannot passively enter into the promised land of rest. The two people, Joshua and Caleb, that were allowed from the generation of Israelites to go into the promised land were warriors. And they refused to look at the circumstances and stop believing God. They wouldn't do it. They took the promised land by force. And even though God promises us things, He wants us to stand and be forceful and not just be passive in our belief. In order to be a victorious Christian today and to enter into God's promised land of peace and rest, we have to be violent. And I'm not talking about violent in the sense of um, going and beating a bunch of people up. But I'm talking about violently, aggressively, forcefully believing God in the face of all opposition and being willing to be the only one. And this is going to be apparent by your report on your life and by your response to your life. Your forcefulness and belief will be apparent in your report and in your response. You know, when the promised land was promised, God said to the Israelites, I have a promised land for you. I have it for you. And he told them something that's so powerful that we need to remember. He said, take the land. And when you think of that word, take, it means seize, grab upon, claim. And if I look back in the scriptures that Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 11:12, from the days of John the Baptist, until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. What Jesus is saying that is that you can't just sit back and receive the promises of God. There are times that you're going to have to cling them, take them, grab them, seize them, and don't let them go. Wimp need not apply to be a victorious Christian. Now, I've had people say, well, you know, I just think Christians are just weak. Really? See, the people that I know that are overcomers may be weak in themselves. But they're strong in their belief of God. And they're like pit bulls when it comes to the word of God. Because they get it, and they get it in their teeth, and they won't let it go. And that's exactly the spirit that God wants us to have. And when we look at the Israelites and look at the ones that were actually able to enter into God's promised land, it's the ones that would not quit believing and it's apparent in their rep- their report and it's apparent in their response. When we look at the report, Moses sent spies into the promised land. God told them to, hey, we're, we're close now. Let's go spy out the promised land that God has promised us. And the majority of the spies went into the promised land and this is their report Numbers 13, 25, at the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land, and they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large, and we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored, and they said, The land we explored devours those living in it. And all the people we saw there are of great size. And we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. In other words, the majority of the spies that were representing the twelve tribes of Israel, eleven of them as a matter of fact, went into the promised land. And they saw a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, they saw God's promises. And they saw it was good. But they saw obstacles to obtaining the promises of God. Instead of going back and saying, hey, you know what? We saw the land. And it's a good land. And we're going to come up against a few things. But God said for us to take it, so therefore we can. Instead of saying that, they focused on the giant and the land. And the word of God said, we appeared as grasshoppers in their eyes, and even in our own eyes. In other words, they saw themselves as powerless and small. And they spread a bad report, God says. A bad report to other people. So that the Israelites were swayed to a negative mindset of we can't, we can't, we can't. And they even said, let's go back to Egypt. You know, it's the same for Christians today. God gives us promises, and you'll meet people, and you'll run across people who see God's word and they see his promise, but they run against giants in the land. And instead of saying, gosh, these giants are formidable, this is difficult. But God said, I can have this promise. He promised me peace and joy. He promised me abundant life. And I am not backing down until I receive that. Instead of saying that, how easy it is for us to focus on the giant and talk about the giant. And to feel like grasshoppers. In other words, just helpless and small. Able to be crushed. That's the majority report. Here's a different report. Here's Caleb's report. He was sent in also as a spy. Numbers 1330. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he'll lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he'll give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Same land, same giant, two different reports. From the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence But the forceful, the violent, take it by force. Caleb is a warrior. And he has a spirit in him that will not quit. And God promises him the land just like he's promised us many things, including a promised land of rest and peace, a place where we can live. Not in anxiety, not in fear, not in worry all the time, but in trust of him. A place where we can experience and receive his promises on this earth in our lifetime. But what I found more and more is that we have to take that and claim that and stand and not just be passive. Passiveness many times in the kingdom of God won't cut it. We have to be forceful. And here's what God says. You got one spy's report, the 11 spies, the majority of the tribes who went in and said, we can't do it. There's giants in the land. There's all these enemies. There's the Amorites, the Hittites, all of these different enemies. And they're too big for us. And then you have the other spies report who's Caleb and he says, yeah, I see him. I see all the problems. But God said to take the land. So therefore, he'll cause us to have victory. It's the same way in our lives. It's so easy for us to have a report coming out of our mouth. That says, this is just too much. I can't do it. God made promises. He promised that I could live in joy and peace. And I see it in his word. But the giants are too big and I can't do it. Or we can have a spirit of Caleb, a warrior spirit in us that says, yes, I see the problems. But I see God's promises. And if God said it, therefore it is. And I'm not letting go of it until I see it. God says to take the land. He doesn't say to wish for the land, hope for the land, talk about the land. He says for us to take the land. And that's going to take force. And that's going to take violence in the good sense of the term, in the Greek sense of the term, which means force. God had this to say about the two reports in number 1421. He says, As surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, no one who has treated me with contempt will ever see the promised land. You know what the word contempt means? Disrespect. You know what God is saying? No one who's ever treated my word with disrespect will enter into the promised land. In other words, if I say it, trust in my word. And not focus on the giants. And God goes on to say something very significant in Numbers 14, 24. He says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. And what I feel like God has been saying to me and to you this morning is have a different spirit. Have a Caleb spirit. Have a warrior spirit. And be willing. Even if all the other people go and they see the same promise of God and they see the obstacles and they focus on the obstacles and they say, We can't have the Caleb spirit that says, We can. If God says, We can, we can. In spite of your own weaknesses, in spite of your own situation, we're always going to have giants in the land. You know, it's nice to think that once we get over this last hump, that that'll be it. I was talking to my mother-in-law the other day, and we were talking about some different situations going on with Lacey and I, which, you know, some... Some are funny and some are just kind of rite of passage for our age, and some of them are very serious. And she said something so wise because you know people who've walked on this earth longer—if they've walked at all with God—have wisdom. And she just said, "You know, I used to think that if I could just get over this last thing, that that would be it." And she said, "And I realized that there never is a last thing. There's always something." And so we can put off peace and joy for our whole life. We can put off receiving the promises of God until I'll be happy when, I'll be at peace when, I'll be at peace when I have a child, I'll be at peace when that child can finally walk and get out of diapers, well, I'll be at peace when that child is finally in school, well, when they finally graduate from college, well, when they finally marry the right person, well, when they... Or I'll be at peace when my business is finally at this place. Well, actually, now that it's this place and I'm working so hard, I'll be at peace when I finally retire. Well, actually, now that I've retired, I'll be at peace. When? There are always going to be giants in the land. But what matters is what do you believe? What do you focus on? There's always giants in the land. Those are the problems in our lives. But what's your report? You know, there's relationship giants. And um, one of them for Lacey and I is just how we communicate so incredibly differently. My way of communicating is the more words, the better. The more descriptive, the better. The more I can explain how I feel, the better. The more you understand, the better. The more we talk about it, the better. The more we go back and talk about it, the better. The more you tell me you understand, the better. Even if you don't, just tell me you do. And Lacey's way of communicating is, the fewer words, the better. If we don't have to talk about it, that's better. And so there are times that we just clash, which I think is hilarious anyway, because usually opposites attract in some sort of way, and then God says, and you'll be, you know... Man and wife, and together you'll become one. And I'm thinking, become one? We're completely opposite in certain areas. And so, what I realized is that even in our relationships, there's giants in the land. And even though we've been married for now over 16 years, there's giants in the land. And that if I want to have life and peace in my marriage, I have to love forcefully. There are times that I have to practically get in his face and say, I'm going to love you no matter what. See, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has suffered violence. And the violent, violent, that Greek word meaning the forceful, take it by force. We have to love violently. We have to love forcefully. We have to be unwilling to give up. Because we're not going to receive the promised land of peace and joy just by hoping for it or wishing for it or rolling over and giving up. And the way these scriptures started evolving are the things in my life that just seemed like such huge giants. And yet I knew that God said that I could have life, peace, and joy. There are other giants in our land that are health giants. And we can choose to believe one report or believe another report. There are times when we have things happen to us that we don't understand. And we can focus on the giant or we can focus on what God said. And when I received the report of leukemia, this was the clearest picture that I have of two reports. I had God's report and I had the doctor's report. And the doctor wasn't wrong. He was reading exactly what the test said, and that was that my bone marrow was 95 to 99% dysplagic. And he wasn't wrong. He was saying, you have a 50-50 chance of living during the first round of chemo. And he wasn't wrong. He was saying, I give you a couple of weeks to six months to live without chemo. Here are your choices. We don't know what's going to happen. Statistically speaking, None of the statistics are good. So I had a choice at that moment. I had a choice of what to look at. I could look at God's word, or I could look at the doctor's report. I could look at God's word, or I could look at all the statistics. And at that point in time, even to today, I have not looked at the statistics for AML leukemia because the statistics are very bad. And if I focus on them, I might become depressed and weak and I won't enter into God's promised land of rest. I can promise you that. And all I remember saying is, I choose to believe God's report. And he loves me. And no matter what, I'm going to be with him. But I've got to have peace and joy and rest and just give it all to him. And know that I can't be taken away from this earth before my time because I belong to him. And so it's up to him. And he's my healer. I can't focus on the doctor's report. I can't focus on the statistics. And I can't focus on what happened to everybody else. I have to focus on God and let him do his thing. We all have those opportunities, whether it be health or relationships or businesses. What's your report? Do you have a Caleb spirit that says, you know, I see the giants, but I believe God. Because only the Caleb spirit will enter into the promised land. The rest will circle the mountain and never enter in. I want to be one of the ones that enters in. And if I look at the Israelites, statistically speaking, there is not going to be that many because you have to be forceful and violent and not give up to enter in. You have to be. And like I said before, as much as this may get me in trouble, wimp need not apply. And I'm not talking about being wimpy in your personality or having flaws in your personality. Since I tell you all everything embarrassing in our lives anyway, why, why should I stop now? But, um, you know, I, I've expressed to you before, one of my personality flaws is anxiety. I struggle with anxiety. And so I would think that I'd be the last person that could enter into God's promised land of rest and peace. But I have a force in me that says, no, I will believe God And that force is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God speaking the word of truth to me so that I have to sometimes literally get down on my face to my bedroom and say, I will not give up. I will believe God no matter what. And all of us have those times where we have things in our lives that make it look like it's impossible to enter into God's peace and rest. But God says all things are possible to him who believes. Luke one thirty seven all things. We have to believe God. When I focus on the report on what God says, I become an overcomer and a warrior. I love First John 4.4 4 because it says, You are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I love that scripture. The one that's within me is greater than the one that's within the world. And I think of that so often because I can't depend on my own self or my own personality or my own wisdom or my own intelligence or even my own reaction. I have to depend on God. The one that's within you is greater than the one that's within the world. And who's the one within the world? The Bible says that the God of this world, little g, is Satan. That he has control of the world system. But the one that's within you, the Holy Spirit, should you have asked Jesus to come into your heart, is greater. You have God in you. You have the spirit of victory and overcoming in you. And that is what's going to bring victory into your life. In Exodus 33:14, God says something to Moses because it was Moses who was chosen to bring the people into the promised land. And Moses had so many flaws in his personality. For one, we know he had a bad temper. He had a bad temper because he flew off the handle as a young man and killed an Egyptian because he just couldn't stand to see people abused anymore, so he killed him. That wasn't God's way. We also know that he wanted to escape. He had kind of an escapism mentality. He went to the desert, the wilderness for 40 years and basically said, I'm out of here, leave me alone, I don't want anyone to bother me anymore. He also kind of uh, talked with um, a lisp or a reservation or a stutter. He had something going on with the way he talked. In other words, Moses was probably not the greatest communicator. Raise your hand if that brings hope to you. If your spouse has ever said, Darling, I love you, but you are not a good communicator. My husband's not raising his hand. But see, God used Moses because Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth, and he said something to Moses that's so significant. He said, my presence will go before you and I will give you rest. Do you know that that's different than just the scripture of I'll never leave you or forsake you? God says that to everybody that receives Jesus Christ as Lord and that loves God. I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Yes. But there's something different when God's presence goes before you. This morning, I kept hearing that scripture in Exodus thirty-three fourteen. My presence will go before you and I will give you rest. And I thought there's got to be something more to this. There's something powerful about this and I don't know what it is. When God's presence goes before you. And I looked up that word presence in the Hebrew, which is the original language of the Old Testament. That scripture being Exodus thirty-three fourteen, And the word presence means faith. Can you imagine your enemy seeing the face of God go before you? What are your enemies? Depression would be an enemy. Financial problems, situations that are negative in your life. Those are the enemies in your land that call out like giants. There are giants in the land that are trying to get you to see them instead of seeing God's promises. And yet when we humble ourselves like Moses and cry out to him, God says that his presence will go before us, his face will go before us, and he will give us rest. But many times it's going to be us being forceful in saying, I will not give up, I will not lay it down, I will not quit. Even in joking about having differences with husbands and wives and relationships or problems with teenagers or whatever happens in our lives that just seem like giants in the land even finances even careers i i'd say probably at least 13 years Lacey and i praying every single day for him to be at the right place for what he's supposed to do with his life or his career because he was going through the motions in a lot of ways and he didn't quite know what it was that God wanted to have him do as an attorney. But at least 13 years, do you think? And for some of you may think, well, gosh, that's not very long. I've been praying for something for 30. And for others of you may say, well, two weeks. But God says, don't look to the left or the right. Just keep persevering and keep believing. And now he's in a career that is exactly a fit for him. It's exactly what God wants him to be doing. It's where He blesses other people and then it's a blessing to Him. And even now, you may have reports in your life that look like they're screaming for your attention over God's report. Giants in the land. I do. I have another health report that's screaming for my attention. Another back surgery. And I can focus on that. And become depressed and say, I can't have joy. This is There's been too many surgeries. I can't do this anymore. Or I can focus on God's report, which is, I have come that you may have life and life abundant. And you know what I feel like in my heart? I'm not even sure I'm going to have that surgery. Because I don't know how God's going to do things. Don't confine him, just trust him. But do be forceful in holding on and believing God and believing his word above all the giants in your land. When Moses died, another leader took over Joshua, his name, good friend of Caleb. As a matter of fact, Joshua and Caleb were the only two of their generation to enter into the promised land. And it's because of their report. It's because of their belief in God. And this is what God said to Joshua. Joshua 1, 6 through 6-9. God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my, Mo- my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn to the left or to the right, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. You know, I like words. I like describing things, and sometimes I do say things too many times, but God never does. And God says over and over and over again to Joshua, his new leader Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And I believe with all of my heart that that is God's word to us this morning. Be strong and courageous. And he says something else significant to Joshua that I believe that's for us as well. Do not turn to the left or to the right. In other words, don't look at what somebody else is doing or what I'm doing with somebody else. Don't look at what someone else is saying. Look only to me. Peter is one of my favorite disciples. And all of the other disciples, including Peter, couldn't believe that Jesus was walking on water. But what I like about Peter is he was the only one that got out of the boat. He was the only one. He didn't even notice that there were waves and that they could drown him. And he didn't even stop to think, you know, I can't walk on water. All he knew is he was going to go towards Jesus. And it was only when he started to pay attention to the waves and to the wind and to the surf and to the fact that he shouldn't be walking on water because it's impossible that he began to sink. And then even Jesus helped him and he never sunk. See, I think God not only wants us to get out of the boat, but he wants us to look at him so much and to look to his word and to have our focus so on him that we don't even notice the giants of the land. We don't even notice what's impossible. We don't stop to consider that it can't be done. We don't stop to consider. And that we trust God. Because it isn't up to us, it's up to him, but it is up to us to be strong and to be courageous and to be forceful and to not give up. The strongest people I know are the ones that do not quit believing God. Not the ones that don't quit believing in themselves. I disappoint myself more than anyone else disappoints me. What about you? But God has never disappointed me. And if I cannot quit, then I can have victory. So this morning, that's my word, that I believe is for us today. As strongly as I can possibly say it. Since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has suffered violence. But the violent take it by force. The forceful take it by force. Not a wimpy message. It's in the heart of men and women, but I think especially men, to be warriors. When you become a Christian, you're not laying down and becoming a helpless sheep. You are helpless without the shepherd. But God gives us land, and He gives us a promise land in the spiritual realm in the New Testament days, which is what we're living today, just like we had land. In the physical realm, in the Old Testament days, when we study the word in the Old Testament. And he says, I'm giving you these promises. Men, women, take them. Claim them. Let the report that comes out of your mouth be God's report. And don't lay down God's word. And you will enter in. You'll be one of the few. And that's my prayer this morning. I want to be one of the few. I want you to be one of the few. The word of God says that eye has not seen nor has ear heard nor has entered the heart of a man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I pray this morning that if you're having giants in the land in your relationships, that you will forcefully and violently decide to love. That you will get in someone's face and say, I don't care what it takes, I'm going to love you. I will love you in Jesus' name if you're having giants in the land in your finances, that you look every scripture up, you can find what God says about providing for us, that he desires that we be in health and prosper just as our soul prospers, like it says in 3 John 2, that he will provide for all of our needs according to his riches and glory, that you will focus on his word and not on the giants in your land if you're having problems even in your mind, maybe you're feeling depression or oppression or anxiety, that you will see His Word and focus on His report, that we should be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to make our requests be known of God and that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God says, In Proverbs 4, to pay attention to his word, to not let it depart from your eyes, to keep it in the midst of your heart. It will be life to those who find it and health to all their flesh. And he's given us that ability to have that joy above and beyond our circumstances. Because, see, there's some kind of a secret with God that everything around us is temporal, but his word is eternal And even facts are subject to change according to God's will. We just have to trust His will. See, even with leukemia, the doctor told me facts. But the facts change according to God's will. I believe with all of my heart... We have choices that we have no idea about. And that we have a choice this morning to be forceful and to believe God. The strongest force I know is love. If you choose love, and you continue to choose love, you'll have the greatest challenge of your life and the greatest victory and the greatest life. Not too long ago, I had someone say, Well, Kathleen, you know, you have given your life to this whole Jesus message and that Jesus is the Son of God and that Jesus loves you and that you have eternal life through Jesus and that you can have life and peace on this earth through Jesus. And, and, and what if you're wrong? And I said, Well, if I'm wrong, I have lived my life to the fullest. I've expected God's best. I have loved to the best of my ability. What if you're wrong? We can't lose. (laughs) Believing God, you cannot go wrong. But ask the Israelites, who didn't believe God and didn't get, or get to enter into the promised land of God. If you can go wrong without believing God, yes, you can. That's the way to go wrong. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you would place a Caleb spirit in each one of us. A warrior spirit. A spirit that doesn't give up. A spirit that looks at the giants of the land and says, God can take them. A spirit that knows that your presence, your face goes before us and gives us rest. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus that we would present to you the things that we cannot change, the problems that we cannot overcome, the giants that seem too great for us. And that we would ask you right now in the name of Jesus to bring us into that promised land of rest and peace. And to take care of those things that we cannot take care of. Lord, I pray right now, especially for relationships. And I ask God that you would give every single person in here. The the forcefulness to love and to keep loving. To choose to love. And to love forcefully. And to not stop loving. God, you tell us in your word that in the days... Towards the end, the love of many will grow cold. And you're coming back for a red-hot, loving church. A courageous church. A church that doesn't give up. And I ask God that that would be us. I ask God that that would be us. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message.